TalkZone.com. Now, TalkZone presents Two Guys and a Mic, your mid-morning break sports talk show. It's a passionate yet lighthearted look at the world of sports, featuring the coach, John Cohn, and the big dog, Joel Radwanski. They'll recap the games from yesterday, look ahead to the matchups tonight, and cover a lot more in between. Now, Two Guys and a Mic on TalkZone.com. Big day today in Chicago sports, wherever uh, city you are in. Hopefully you got some sporting events that will uh, gain your attraction as well. But it's a big day here in the city of Chicago with the Bulls and Hawks in clutch playoff performances. Two guys at a mic, TalkZone.com. Thank you so much for joining us. Yet another rat, wet and rainy, a rat. How about a wet and rainy day here in the fine city of Chicago? We ain't got to complain about the weather, though, because we have, and it's been said many, many, it's been said many times, but the two best word in all of sports, game seven. As I welcome in my partner, the big dog, Joel Radwanski. Joe, I know I don't have to convince you, but game seven, always special, my friend. How are you? Uh, doing absolutely fantastic. Game seven, always special, coach, and... Uh... Tonight again, I mean, at the city of Chicago, yep. I don't know if we can handle an overtime Woo. for uh, the Vancouver Canucks and the Blackhawks. But. I don't mind if the Hawks and the Canucks go overtime. I think I can speak for most of the viewing public, Big Dog, as we listen to the end of the TalkZone.com intro music. Thank you very much. Uh, hopefully the Bulls don't go overtime. Because well, of the Bulls. the game five, Coach. What's okay. that? At least it's a game five. Well, I'm thinking more of the viewing aspect. Seven o'clock Bulls game overtime. Oh, yeah, you're going to be chomping away into the Hawk playoff game. So let's get that Bulls game over with quickly. Oh, I, oh, I'm with you. Yeah. I, let's finish them off. I, for so many reasons, I do want them to have a convincing victory in this series. At least one of them. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? I, I don't want them all to be nail biters. And more importantly, as a fan, just what you were getting at, Coach. Yeah, I and, and we got to rest Eric Rose's ankle as well. An easy victory would give him some minutes off. Yes, and and uh, we don't need any uh, trickling into the into the Hawks game whatsoever. Mm-hmm. Now, Big Dog, you're a man who has uh, suffered a uh, melody of injuries over your uh, athletic career. The ankle injury of a Derrick Rose playing at the highest level in the NBA. Severe sprain, but he's got the best trainers in the world working on him from your uh, medical expertise. Should he go tonight is question number one. And two, if he goes, how many minutes and how hard can he play? Coach, yes, he should play. Uh, if it's an ankle, ankle sprains really, really, really are, are a tough injury. And I've had a severe ankle sprain yep. uh, before a game when I was a sophomore at McMurray playing mm-hmm. uh, tight end. And I was going up against an All-American strong side linebacker. Mm-hmm. Had the best game I'd ever had at tight end. Wow. So, so but I, you've, I got, you've got particularly good ankles. I don't know if Derrick Rose has the uh, the ankle structure that you had back in the day. Well, my ankle to calf ratio is it's it's, it's, that's, it's nice. Coach. That's what I'm talking about. Yeah, so it's not. I don't yeah. have a thick ankle whatsoever, but yeah. they are still thick ankles when you consider that the calf is up there. Your ankle kind of just meshes into the calf. It's 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 not a bad look actually. <laughs> well, that would I be don't a cankle. Yeah, that would be a cankle. Okay, he's got a cankle. So I don't have cankle. You don't. No. Cankles are bad. Yeah. Do you, I had a dangling cankle one time. See, but, you know, it's pretty funny. You normally only talk about cankles when you're talking about a woman. Yes. 
when when it's basically just straight. Yeah. Like, or division three tight ends. The size above your ankle bone. Yeah. If you did the if you like took the diameter of that, <laughs> it's about the same size eight inches up. Yep. That means you have a cankle. Uh-oh. I definitely have a very big dif- difference between uh, ankles and calves. Okay, I apologize. I apologize. I'm mixing up my body parts. I, I did not mean to have you uh, mean to imply or infer that you had any kind of a dangling uh, cankle. I, I do appreciate that, Coach. And I yes. know you, you didn't because I know you rave about my my calves to people. I, yes. So I, I knew yeah. you weren't going down that road. Well, there's you know there's not a lot of compliment. I got to find the positives where I can. You got a hell of a pair of calves. What can I say? I, I, I realize this. Coach. Thank you very much. But getting back to the point, uh, the ankle injury can be bothersome. But and, there, and I think you'll agree here, Big Dog, even more so than football. Though. The game of basketball, especially at the level of the NBA, probably the oh, yeah. hardest sport on a bad ankle. Yeah, it, it's. I would think in baseball, if you were a catcher or if it was the driving leg of a pitcher, yep. you know what I mean? But the, the football coach, it all depends. The, the football and basketball, I think, are very, very similar in terms of your body movements and stuff. And mm-hmm. don't forget, when you're pushing off on somebody and they're pushing back at you as hard as they possibly can, that puts a little different pressure on your ankle as opposed to running at full speed, stopping, cutting, and pulling up and, and mm-hmm. or trying to stay in front of somebody who is uh, pretty shifty, who Derek, Derek Rose, obviously, as a point guard, is going to be guarding shifty people. So mm-hmm. it's, uh, I, I think, different, but I, who knows how bad his ankle is. All I know is this. Is the kid has said everything right, and, and I think he's going to be all right. I, I, and hopefully it's more of a team effort in game five, and they can put him away. I want to see a little bit of everybody. It doesn't have to be the Derek Rose show. Well, you're preaching to the choir here, and uh, speaking of the choir, do you like my singing at the beginning of the show? I thought it was pretty good. Luckily, I did not call in. Ah, Come on. You need to tune in on time. You're missing some of the highlights of the show in my intro. But, uh, yeah, you're preaching to the choir in that particular aspect, no question about it. And, uh, you know, part of me, though, Big Dog, part of me says maybe he should sit this game. No. Well, if it's a severely sprained ankle, do you want three Mediocre efforts, or are we better? And, and when I said preaching to the choir, are you talking, you know, the Bulls perform better. When Derrick Rose went out with the injury, they actually caught up. They played better without him, so it's not like they can't win without Derrick Rose for one game. Over a long term, no. But I think for one game they can. They might even be juiced a little bit by everybody. All right, we got to step up. But, you know, would you rather have three mediocre efforts or two really good efforts? I think he's good enough to play, and they'll finish him off in Game Five, Coach. Well, it's easy for you to say. You're sitting in your bedroom right now, your feet propped up. Ah, not a problem. Tape him up. He's good to go. It's the studio, Coach. By the way, I'm sorry. Okay, Susu's Susu Studio. I did have to admit, my feet are propped up, though. I, you can tell in my voice, huh? Well, I, I know about well, our studies show 74% of the time when you're doing the show, your feet are propped up, and the other 26% are basically when you're going to the bathroom, and it's hard to have your feet propped up when you're going number one. Well, uh, this is true, but, okay, so now get back <laughs> to the Derrick Rose thing. Yes, sir. You said, how can I say that? He's the one who said it. He said, no excuses. I'm going to be fine. I'm mm-hmm. going to play my game, so I'm not worried about it, Coach. Okay. The, the kid... It looked like one of those ankle sprains that are really bad and probably a little tiny bit sore now. It, mm-hmm. I don't think it's a severe. It's probably like a second grade and really severe for like an old woman or something like that. But mm-hmm. it's 22 
is probably sprained his ankle playing basketball. I mean, every basketball player in the world has sprained their ankle. Look at the Aaron Gray ankle sprain in the for the Oklahoma City. Did you see that one? It looked a lot worse than than uh, Derrick Rose's. Mm-hmm. And the next game, he's out there. Okay, Derrick Rose probably doesn't put as much torque on his ankles as as I mean, no, Aaron Gray doesn't put as much torque as Derrick Rose. Let's face it. I don't well, think he's moving exactly the same speed. If Aaron Gray just stands up, he's putting a lot of force on his ankles. That is one large human being. Yeah, and you know, and he came and he played, coach. So and he played pretty well. He's, yeah. he's a nice little backup center for I, Oklahoma City. They, I, I always liked him when he was the Bulls. I was disappointed well, they gave him away. I thought he should have played more minutes. As I think Omar Ashik should play more minutes. I always sympathize with the guys on the bench. I think I have a a particular vent for that. But uh, I had a dude complain. By the way, that game was too late for my. Uh, Personal blood, big dog. My local papers this morning did not have the game. Who won the late night game for a fair Denver, Oak City? Oh, coach, I, I'm really. I got home real late last night, ah. and I don't know. Okay, but, and I and my good contact. Uh oh, guys. See, I, I, you know, I'm myopic. I always say on my left eye. My right eye is a yep. complete and utter blur. I couldn't read a stop sign. Oh. Okay. Well, my good contact, and it was the last of them, and I was good. I have an eye doctor appointment May 8th, uh-huh. and I'm like, and I had just put this last of my contacts in, and I'm like, you know, I, I hope I can last till May 8th. It's supposed to last a month. So I'm like, all right, I got two weeks. I hope hopefully nothing happens, and it rips. So now I'm like, I'm without vision, as we, as I, right. so you, so like, I can't even read the bottom line scroll, coach. Oh, this is not good. This is not good at all. So you're going to be, uh, I mean, so we're going to be a real sports reactionary right now. You basically aren't even able to read the paper. Well, uh, coach, luckily, I I have gotten up and I've walked to the television uh-huh. and I'm reading the scroll right now, and it looks like Denver has beaten the Thunder 104 Woo-hoo! to 101. Na 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 and by the way, this is a 60-inch television, and I'm sitting about three inches away from it <laughs> as the scroll goes by. Oh, so man. When it, I'm on my hands and knees in the living room right now. When is your eye doctor appointment? Because uh, I think we need to call up this guy and move it up. May 8th. I'm still going to go to that. But, uh, May 8th? I, yeah, May 8th. Wait a minute. But, uh, what, can... I'm, what, I'm, what I'm going to do, though, Coach, is I, I'm going to take my old prescription yep. to some place that supposedly has really, really, really cheap contact. Uh-huh. They can send them to you. So I'm, I'm going to do right. that. I'm going to try that. So I'm going to have to last, like, what, two days? Maybe I'll, I'll have them rush ship it, so maybe mm-hmm. a day without it. All but right. uh, I'm, so I, I, it's, it's, since I don't have a car, going to this eye doctor is just about yeah. the only option well, I have on me. Based on the uh, guests that we've had on the show the last year and a half, if you're looking for cheap contacts, talk to our producer, David Olson. Thank you very much. 888- I bet he knows how to do it, so I'm going to have to talk to Dave Olson. Thank you. Eight 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 four six three six seven four eight. The phone number. If you want to check in, any uh, eyewear advice for the big dog Joe Rodwanski is much appreciated. God forbid you actually want to talk some sports playoff games tonight. Hawks and Bears. Give us a call. Hawks and Bears. Hawks and Bulls. Eight 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 four six three sixty seven forty eight. By the way, you have to move up your eye doctor appointment. You can't go May eighth. The Kentucky Derby is May seventh. Big dog. I don't want you in front of the TV watching arguably the greatest two minutes. In all of sports, outside the bedroom, possibly. And you won't even be able to see the Kentucky Derby, so you have to move up the appointment. No, I'm, I'll be working. Uh, so I won't be able to watch the Kentucky Derby. So. Uh, come on. That's a shame. That's well, would, a shame. I would much rather be earning money.
the Washington Kentucky Derby. Oh, yeah. Two that, minutes. I have a real bad uh, disdain for that particular event, Coach. Really? I, I would much rather be working, making a lot of money doing what I'll be doing this summer mm-hmm. on Sunday than be sitting around getting drunk watching the Kentucky Derby and probably losing money on a, 12, on a 12 days to the Kentucky Derby, big dog money isn't everything. You, can, you have to you have to respect the grand tradition of sport, and Kentucky Derby is amongst the grand tradition. But apparently, that doesn't uh, affect you. <laughs> no, well, right. it's, uh, no I, if I'm off, I'd watch it, Coach. Mm-hmm. Well, I can't change my life around to readjust it. I mean, uh, there's some things I would. I mean, okay. the Super Bowl, I try to do, mm-hmm. you know, but uh, that's, there's right. very few things. I'm giving you a hard time. You know that. Uh, NBA playoff talk, folks. We'll do that first, then get into the big matchup. Game seven tonight. Hawks taking on the Vancouver Canuck. But real quick, uh, we got Pacers taking on Bulls tonight. Should be an excellent matchup. Game five. Pacers coming off a victory. Memphis knocked off San Antonio yesterday, big dog. Uh, one team looking very, very young. The other team looking very, very old. And the Grizzlies are up three, one. Do they put them away or does San Antonio still have a little bit of fight left in them? Well, uh, game five is in San Antonio, so I, I'm going to say San Antonio makes it a series. Uh, Memphis will get them in game six. Mm-hmm. I, I, I can't see San Antonio winning three consecutive games against them, Coach. I, I really don't. Not, not the way they've looked the last, really, the entire series. But instead of saying Memphis just takes them out in game five, I, I, they do have the heart of a champion. I know that's Rudy Tomjanovich's Houston Rockets. Yeah. But they're in the same state, and they've, and yeah. they've won more championships. So Yeah, that is true. Heart of We don't know what the heart Memphis has. When it comes clutch time, when it time comes time to put them away, a young, very athletic team, but I'm not sure yet that they have the heart of a champion. Good point. Yeah, we'll find out. We'll find out. But definitely a game five, I see San Antonio taking it. Mm-hmm. Underrated series, and I've watched about a minute and a half of it, and uh, not by uh, choice, just lack of um, opportunity, I guess. But Dallas and Portland have a heck of a series. Big Dog Dallas wins first two games. Portland comes back. They win two. Dallas wins last night, 93 to 82. This one has turned into quite an entertaining series. I'm going to assume you think Portland will win game six and send it back for the final. Yeah, yeah, I'm going to. And just from a 23 point blown lead, don't you, don't you got to feel like, uh, Portland's got the momentum? Well, but Dallas won yesterday. Yeah. So I don't know, but, but. But yeah, I do. Even though Dallas is up three two, I kind of I, I kind of know what you're saying though. Portland, I think again, it's there's a you know, lot of going back to Portland. You know, I, I, uh-huh. I see them tying it up. I see them winning again while yeah. they're in Portland. There's a lot of series that is the you know the the young regime trying to take over the if you could make almost the situation not to compare the importance of course, but what's going on in the Mid East right now. You know, you've got these dominant dictatorial powerhouses, long time. Long-time uh, controlling regimes, i.e. Lakers, Spurs, Mavericks, and you got these young rebels that are uh, anxious to take over. Again, it's kind of a weird analogy, but that's sort of what's happening in the NBA playoffs. So every series is like that, besides Denver and Oklahoma City, because mm-hmm. of uh, Los Angeles and, and New Orleans. Yep, that, that's a perfect description of, of that series. And mm-hmm. obviously, I talked to Antonio Memphis, and then uh, uh, New York, Boston, and. Uh, Heat and, uh, and the Sixers. Mm-hmm. It was all of them. It was all like that. So. Yeah, and to a little bit lesser extent, the Bulls and the Pacers. But uh, 
Good stuff going on. Oklahoma City and Denver now. It's Oak City leading 3-1, to one, so they should be able to wrap that puppy up. Lakers take on the Hornets tonight. And, again, I haven't watched a lot of that series, but uh, New Orleans, big dog, surprising everybody by uh, winning a couple of games. They've got a tied 2-2. Don't know if they can pull off, you know, four-game win here, but they're putting the Lakers to the press. And you're also reminded that when Chris Paul is healthy, he's one of the great point guards Ooh. in the game of basketball. Indeed. I mean, it, it, Derrick Rose, Darren Williams, uh, Chris Paul. I mean, when Chris Paul's healthy, he's good as as all those guys. Mm-hmm. So. Yeah, I'm going to put Russell Westbrook in that category as well. That's a, there's some good point guards right now. This is the uh, this is like the the glory era yep. of of point guards coaches. If you think about it, all those guys are really young. Mm-hmm. Chris Paul could still have eight years left in the NBA, and the other guys can all have ten-plus years left mm-hmm. in the NBA, possibly. All right, talking NBA playoffs, NHL playoffs as well. Big Dog and a Coach at your service up until 11 o'clock. Phone lines open, 888-463-6748. Uh, real quick, before we get in the NHL, Big Dog, the... Uh, uh, Lollapalooza, the big rock concert in Chicago. They've announced their schedule. In fact, David Olson, if you could pull that up, uh, oh, awesome. see some of the groups that are scheduled to appear at Lollapalooza. And I should mention we got the big royal wedding going on this weekend. I don't know if you're excited for that, but uh, it's right there for you. Uh, Coach, I have no interest whatsoever in in the Royals. Too bad they don't actually run the country anymore. Then I'd have some real yeah. serious interest in it. It's strictly honorary, but... Uh, and I won't be watching, and I'm certainly not caught up at it all. On the other hand, uh, what's his name, Prince William? Now, which one of them is going to become the King of England when uh, uh, you know, when, for, when he finally kicks it? For, <laughs> well, that's Prince Charles, I think. Although many would like to see Prince Charles overrule. And have- I, I, I think Prince Charles is going to get skipped over because he remarried. Ah, interesting. Yeah, that's, that's, that's I did not know. I didn't check the rules and regulations. So is it Prince William? I believe so. Mm-hmm. I believe so. I can look that up also. Big Dog, considering all that he was born into and all that he had to put up with uh, literally from day one, and, of course, the tragedy of his mom dying and all the fame, the kid's pretty well-grounded for the most part. You know? I don't know if you follow it or not, but, you know, you could, you could have a couple of beers with a Prince William and you you wouldn't it would not be a horrible night. Uh, he definitely – I don't really follow it, but, oh, mm-hmm. my goodness, there's there, – they have more coverage than pretty much any human beings on the planet. Yeah, that, it, it is a little bit silly in the and the uh, cover and the young lady he's marrying. What's her name? Kate, something or other. Kate Middleton. Kate Middleton. Between her teeth. Huh? I've never seen a girl so perfect except for the gap between her teeth. It's unbelievable. It's I almost uncomfortable. I, I, I find the gap between the teeth quite attractive. A little gap will do you. But beautiful young lady, and again, not from high royalty, kind of a. Uh, you know, everyday person, fairly well grounded. So, considering everything they're going through, you know, the twosome, not a bad combo. And that's not saying I'm going to tape and watch the royal wedding. Yeah. Oh yeah, I'm not. Yeah, I could, don't don't want to do that. But and you know, he does seem kind of grounded. Well, as he's portrayed, so yeah. Yeah. Uh, you know, he's went through the military, all that other stuff. A lot, lot of women, a lot of women looking to uh, hook up on Harry. Harry's still available. Yeah, yes. even if he isn't the king of England, you know, it's cool because you're still going to live almost the exact same lifestyle Absolutely. as the queen. Mm-hmm. Except, you know, if you're that wife, there's a little less scrutiny on you. <laughs> you know, just a little less scrutiny, you know, so, yeah, Dave. which might be nice. David Olson, long-time royal wedding. Yes, uh, Prince Charles oh. is still next in line for the throne, but Camilla will never be queen. Oh, come on. 
She will never be queen. Just because she yes. was not the original wife? Yes. Well, they got to revise yes. those rules. Yeah. But no, no, uh, no, Prince no, William no, is second no, in line. No, they don't. No, they don't. They're oh, their rules. Huh? They're their rules. Yeah, but they can you change gotta, them. you got to tell somebody how to live their lives. It's their rules. Well, but if the rule is if the rule is bad, you know you can stick with Why it because of tradition, bad? huh? Why is the rule bad? Because you don't like it. Well, why should you hold it against the second wife, Camille? Lovely lady. There's there's got to be reasons why. Uh, well, the reason the is, wife is supposed to be the queen. No, actually, there isn't. It's just tradition. That way, you don't divorce the wife and decide to make somebody else the queen. Because hmm, I wonder what happened with uh, Henry the Eighth. He did. Wives uh, everywhere. Yeah, that was overrated. Oh, overrated. <laughs> Henry was much more Seven loyal than women? you think. Huh? Seven? He was a one-woman man. He just one woman at a time. He wasn't. He he cheated on all of his nah, wives. I don't think so. Yeah, he did. Yeah, he did. I think the first. Didn't he the first did every one of them. The first seven died, I think, in line, and then he would start a relationship with another one. Well, I mean, this is true, but he was he was thinking <laughs> everything in sight. Not bad for a 400-pound man, you know. Yeah, well, he started out at about 220. By the time wife number eight came around, he was 400 pounds. That's what good cooking will do you. <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, if you're a Prince Harry, you got uh, you got females following you all around, Big Dog. you be a, be a good life to be a Prince Harry right now. You know, I'm a little surprised, Coach, because we're actually talking history. Do you actually know something? Very little. But you actually do know about what the Tudor family? The who? <laughs> King Henry. <laughs> the Tudor family. No, but when I was like, you actually knew some stuff. I was I was impressed, Coach. Yeah, thank you very much. Henry Henry the Eighth was he was part of the Tudor dynasty. Oh, Henry was a Tudor. All right, hey, real quick before the NHL playoffs, uh, David Olson, you got the Lollapalooza schedule up here. One of the bigger rock concerts in the country. This summer, it's getting bigger and bigger all the time. Lala. Uh, this year's headliners are Eminem, Woo! the Foo Fighters, <coughs> Coldplay, Woo! Muse, <coughs> My Morning Jacket. I beg oh, your pardon? Yeah. Uh, Dead Mouse. Oh, Never heard of them. A Perfect Circle. Overrated. And then secondary slots are CeeLo Green, uh, Damian Marley. Should not be heard by oh, youngsters right, yeah. 18 or, or under. Or da- I'm, I take that back. Damian Marley and Nas. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Cars. Sex Change. And Ween. <laughs> and who? Ween. Ween. Da- yes. There's some other weird names, too. I read the. I meant That's to bring last, it with what me. What was the last one? Ween. Ween. Oh, okay. Yeah. The, uh, my son is all excited about the Foster Brothers, I think they're called. Foster something or he was like screaming and hollering, yeah, they're going to be in. We actually bought the ticket. My son's going to be going three consecutive days, Big Dog, to Lollapalooza. You've been down there, right? Foster oh, yeah. the people. Uh, Foster the people, yeah. I, uh, I, I Last year, I was able to get a backstage bracelet. Oh, that's right. Two packs of cigarettes. I'm you, not kidding you. For two packs of cigarettes. Well, I thought, weren't you working the event last year? Yeah, well, I, yeah, I brought, I, I brought, Hundreds of packs of cigarettes, and I sold them for eight bucks a pack outside, walking around meeting people. Mm-hmm. And then eventually, some drunk dude gave me his wristband that was all access backstage. Wow! For two packs of cigarettes, he was that drunk. I, well, I didn't really mean to take advantage of him, but he was like, "Hey, I'm yeah. I'm leaving town anyway." So actually, what what Joel doesn't realize that was the drummer for Five for Fighting. 
Well, it was pretty funny that she said that because <laughs> on the next day I was walked in and one of the band members, who I didn't know who this guy was, uh-huh. was walking behind me and some dude was like, hey, man, blah, 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 give me some money. Like, it was kind of like a confrontation. And I like, I turned, I said, so I was like, man, that guy's just leave you alone. I was like, I could barely make it. And he's trying to, you know, he's hacking you up for somebody. He started laughing. <laughs> next thing I know, I find out he's the drummer in one of the bands, one of the secondary bands. And he's like, hey, you got a backstage pass? And next thing you know, I'm like hanging out with the band members. It was all, and plus, and I had the cigarettes. People are giving me like 20 bucks a pack, $15 a pack. What a freaking night. And I get my buddy in. I get Rob, the Rain Man, in, okay? I get him into the place. Well, when I get him in, Somebody else saw me get him, hand him the race, the wristband. They kicked my wristband. They're like, oh, there's a tear in there. They kicked me out. Oh, no. But still, for the, for like the five hours I was in there, it was mm-hmm. all the beer I could drink, all the food I could eat. Oh, it was, it was, well, it you, was still, good. you still pay for the beer, don't you, with the ticket to Lala? No, 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 not with the wristband I had, Coach. It was, oh, all, access, it was nice. all access backstage. Nice. So I was in the areas where the, the, the crew and okay. bands would be. And it was all free food and oh, stuff boy. for them. And so they give the and, crew, the crew and the band get free alcohol all day, all afternoon. That's that might uh, not be their best decision. The, the, the crews for the bands, they're the, the band members, coach. They're what do you think? They, that's how they live. Uh, but, yeah, but we don't have to offer them free beer and add to the already uh, somewhat sorted lifestyle that they already live. But now you're correcting the moral maybe. musicians, coach. Maybe not, dis- now, not, not, not only the royal family do you have a problem with how they live. Yeah. Now you've changed it to musicians. Absolutely. <laughs> okay. Yeah, sorry. Not ashamed of that at all. By the way, <laughs> nobody. I can't think of anybody who should be more all access than you. You are an all access kind of guy. In fact, in your early to mid twenties, you were uh, you were very all access. I believe those wristbands yep. were five hundred dollars for Woo! people that wanted to buy them. Mm. Okay. So are some expensive cigarettes. Not, that's what I'm talking about. That it, it was only one day, but still, that day was awfully, uh, awfully, awfully good. Mm-hmm. And somebody else gave me a wristband that I got Robin. And if you ever, if you go to ChiTownMix.com and look mm-hmm. at Soundgarden stuff, that's at Lollapalooza last year. We have bootleg Lollapalooza uh, Soundgarden, and it's incredible. The sound is perfect, and it's pristine footage. You got to see how good it looks, Coach. And that Goodbye. website is still up and running. Uh, Chi Town Mix, yes. Okay. C H I Chi Town Mix dot com. Yeah. Very good. Yeah. Very good. Outstanding. We'll be looking for that. All right. Brief break. Uh, we'll skip the break here real quick because we got game seven to talk about hockey fans. You want to jump in now? It's, uh, time. It's your time, I should say. 888-463-6748. Big dog. We uh, open up the show talking about the beauty, the drama, the aura of a Game 7. We've got it tonight. So many stories, so much drama around it. Uh, you, could, you could be a script writer, and you couldn't write a better script. But here we go. At Vancouver, the Hawk. Taking out Roberto Luongo and the Vancouver Canuck. Your thoughts? Uh, Coach, when when they were down uh, 0-3, yep. if you're like, the only way they're going to win this series, if we actually got it to 7, you would have to break Luongo. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, the whole we talked about this yesterday, the whole psychology about, around Roberto Luongo and all that. It's it's an intriguing story. I cannot wait to see how he responds tonight and uh, see if uh, you know he's a you know this his whole this will make or break his career. I really do believe that coach. It's that large of a game, mm-hmm. and 
I really see the Hawks getting it done. I, I, I cannot wait for tonight. This is one of the biggest games that I can remember in a long time that I've like been excited and can't wait to watch. I'm still juiced up from uh, Game 6, which is one yeah, of the finest, <laughs> finest sporting events I've watched in a long, long time as far as suspense, emotion, drama, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Huh. I think the key to tonight's game, Big Dog, here's what could happen early. And then that is Vancouver jumping on the Hawk early. And I think uh, Vancouver is going to come out uh, firing. And I think the Blackhawks, you know how it is when you when you fight your way up from a from a from a hole, which you dug yourself, which the Hawks were in 0-3. There could be that little bit of letdown. Vancouver could jump on them 2-0, 3-0 in the first period, and then we're in trouble. I believe if the Hawks are ready to play first five minutes, they don't have to take the lead. They just have to withstand an early rush. I think the uh, close game, the longer it goes on, Blackhawks will win. But I am worried about a Vancouver 2-0, 3-0 first period lead. Uh, you know, you know, Coach, it doesn't make a lot of sense. You would have to stay with the the emotion, uh, as much as people have the, the media in Vancouver has already written them off and called them chokers and losers, you know, they're going to be playing with a lot of emotion and the crowd's going to be fired up. Mm-hmm. But the thing is, okay, so if they do barrage the Hawks and get two or three goals early, the Hawks will not be, I'm sure they'll be disappointed. You know, they don't want to be down early, but they're still going to believe they can win because they know if they get one past, uh, Luongo, maybe an easy one. He'll start breaking. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're they're, they're going to have that belief that they can come back all game long. As long as it's 2-0, you're right. 3-0, it gets a little tight. And then when you get the four-goal lead, that belief is over. Yeah, yeah, so yeah, your, your your theory is right. At two goals, it it's a tie at three goals. Anything more than that, we're in trouble. So, so Oh, I agree with you. If you're, you're down four goals, that's no yep. way to... To win a hockey game, let's face it, you're yeah. not. You have to, that means you have to score at least five goals to mm-hmm. beat them. But, but I am slightly worried that Vancouver could uh, jump early and often on the Blackhawks. So let's hope uh, just just maintain. If you're the Hawks, maintain in the first period and then and then let the pressure get to the Vancouver Canucks. That's my friendly advice to well, Joel Keenville. Game six was so exciting, Big Dog. I saw it move. <laughs> it moved. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Joe, I'm afraid so. Joe Keenville's mustache, it actually moved oh, for a brief oh, moment in time. No. no, I did not know what that's yep. what you meant. And I'm glad, I'm glad to be yes. quite honest with you. No, no, no. Now, what, what happens if it's the other way around? What if it happens if the Hawks come out early? Does, does Luongo get really, really creaky at that point? No. Actually. No. You, you think, think he would be... He hasn't shown any resiliency whatsoever versus the Blackhawks. I understand that, but I think if he gives up two goals early or even three goals and they get way behind, nervousness uh, then falls by the wayside and he just gets completely peeled. And anger is a great motivator and it's a great way to get rid of the nervousness. So I think not, uh, even if the Hawks take a big early lead, I think Luongo could stand that his head the second and third period and they could come back. Okay. Just a thought. Just a it thought. Is, it is just a thought. I, I would. I'm just assuming the guy's going to fold like mm-hmm. a chair. Okay, we will see. By the way, a couple of young players that I was very, very impressed with: Michael Froelich, outstanding performance for the Blackhawks. This kid Ben Smith who scored the game-winning goal, not just for the game-winning goal, but you watched him play over the course of the game. And I'm reading in the paper, and again, I've already said on this show that I have not followed a lot of Blackhawk hockey all year long. Um, but you could see this kid belongs. He plays. He doesn't just sit in and you know play a complimentary role. He is a playmaker right in the middle of the action. The third kid I like is Ryan Johnson, kind of a grinder, 
Tough kid wins faceoff, but those three young and new players to the Blackhawks, uh, all three impressed me, Big Doug. Yeah, uh, Fro Leak can score, Coach. Yes. Definitely. And uh, Ben Smith's goal the other day was a, a great goal. That was a highlight real goal. Yep. And so uh, it, it's nice that they're, if, if you're going to lose all that talent that they did last year, if they're going to have any chance of, of uh, contending again for uh, keeping the cup, you're going to have to have some, some people step up that you don't expect to step up. So it's mm-hmm. good to hear those guys play. By the way, Brian Bickle, one of our um, big, strong forwards, picked up a big goal last game, scored a goal, I think, in game four as well to get the Hawks back on track. Brian Bickle uh, out with a hand injury. big deal. He's done for the playoffs, out six to eight weeks. So that's yeah, a tough, that, tough break. Yeah, that, that really is a, a tough break, Coach, because he's, he's played really well this year. Mm-hmm. All right, it's going to be fun atmosphere in Vancouver. How do you think the Vancouver fans, are they going to be uh, fully behind the team? And, and, boy, they can be a rambunctious group. Or is there going to be a little pause, a little hesitation? Will the home advantage be tempered by the fact that the fans are nervous because they, too, have blown a 3-0 lead? You know what? Just because the media is going crazy and bombarding uh, bombarding uh, the, the Vancouver Canucks, I, I don't think that the, the fans are going to do that. I, what I think is going to happen is the fans are going to be a little PO'd, but they're going to show nothing but support for them. If they do get behind, they might start booing then, if they do get behind early. But mm-hmm. they're, when the game starts, when that puck is dropped, that place is going to be, they're going to be nothing but support behind the Canucks. Mm-hmm. All right, and that crowd can get into it, too, so that could be a big home ice advantage. It's going to be fun, though, big dog. Game 7, 9 o'clock tonight. you got 7 o'clock, the Bulls game, tipping off early. Uh, if any female fans want to join you in viewing the game, big dog, what location will you be at tonight? And please don't say home. Uh, I'm going to be uh, in downtown Chicago somewhere. Woo-hoo. I'm not exactly sure where I'm going to end uh, up. Do you, but, um, most do you have likely... A, do, you, do you tweet so that... Uh, any of the fans out there, do you tweet as you're going into a place? Maybe they could join you for a couple of beverages. You know, Coach, I'm, I'm glad you said that. I'm going to start tweeting more often, and it's uh, Joel Radwanski. All together. Uh-huh. J-O-L-R-A-D-W-A-N-S. How'd you come up with that clever name? I could. You want me to change it up to, like, I thought maybe, like, you know, here come the big dog or big dog. Dot com. Actually, tweets don't go dot com. But at any rate, so you uh, you will be out and about. We just don't know what location you'll be at yet. I do not know yet, Coach. Interesting. Interesting. Oh, suffice it to say, and you would know better than me, the sports bars in the city of Chicago will be uh, popping a little bit tonight. Uh, Coach, they're going to be absolutely on fire tonight. Uh, most, of what, well, most likely what I'm going to do is, uh, since I, I have to do a bunch of work with Idris tonight, mm-hmm. um, when that gets done... I'll I'll have the option of either getting home on the train and catching the third period at the house or just staying downtown and watching and then coming home really late. Yeah, I think you might have to stay downtown. Yes. Enjoy the revelry. Yeah, so I'll probably end up at the Tin Lizzie. At the who? Tin Lizzie? At Tin Lizzie. Very nice. Very nice. Now, you know, I haven't been out and about nearly as much as I would like to in the last one, two, oh, 25 years. At a night like tonight, will uh, some of the bars kick up the prices a little bit? Will they raise the price of a mug of beer, or do they not? Is oh, that no, uh, not of kosher? Course not. Of course not. That's absolutely not kosher. You okay. stick with your normal Tuesday deals that you have. Okay. And if good. you're the and if you're the bar with the two dollar uh, Miller High Life bottles, you'll mm-hmm. probably get you'll probably get some of my friends frequenting your place, your establishment. Oh boy. 
A night like tonight, where fans could actually be in there from, what, 7 o'clock till 11.30, and you're talking half-price beers? I'm not sure that's a good combination. I mean, one game's not so bad. What's wrong with you, Coach? Well, big dog, I'm just trying to look out for this. First, first you're worried about the the, who should be queen of of England. Yeah. Then what were you complaining about? Who else should change how they were living their lives? I Uh, I forget. Now now you're worried about bar revelers. (laughs) Chicago people. Good, good, hearty Chicago sports fans out trying to not uh, put their honest, hard-earned money, you know, to waste. You yeah. know, they they finally get a good uh, beer deal, and mm-hmm. you're upset about it. You're I'm not worried. upset about it. I'm worried about it. I just, you know, that, that's a long time. back. One game, not too much of a problem. Back-to-back oh. games, and if the Hawks start winning, God forbid it goes overtime, that's a lot of celebration, and uh, some of those folks will be driving home. I'm a, The older I get, the more concerned I get, Big Doe. Well, I'm all about the taxis. I'm all about the taxis. Mm-hmm. People got to realize if you're watching six hours worth of sports and you're drinking during it, you might want to take a cab all the way through there. Yeah. That's why it's good if you hang out with like five or six yeah. friends. Yeah, that sounds good. The problem is half the taxi drivers are going to be in a sports bar drinking and watching. So you take a taxi and then your taxi cab driver's inebriated. I now we that, all go. I do that to stick work out for what's <laughs> American sports. <laughs> go, 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 go. 888-463-6748. Dial it up. You want to talk some NBA, NHL playoffs. The big dog and the coach are right here for you. Give me a prediction, big dog. I'm, I'm feeling like you like the Hawk, but give me a score and give me a uh, final prediction. Uh, I say it's uh, it's 4-2 Hawk. Hawk jump out early. Luongo uh, becomes creaky. Uh, and then when it's when it's 3, the Hawks end up barely holding on 3-2, but then late they get, uh, what, about 10 seconds to go, they get oh. a empty net goal. A little empty netter. And then people in Vancouver, they start tearing the, the place down. So. <laughs> you know, we mentioned, by the way, the Heckler uh, newspaper, known for it's sort of like The Onion, which some people may be familiar with, but one of their uh, headlines from yesterday was Vancouver decides to play with uh, open net the entire game. <laughs> Why not? Yeah. Why not at this point? Things start heading downhill. There could be worse ideas for Coach Alan Vignier. Um, I had a comment to make, and now I completely forgot what it was. Thank you very much. Uh, I'm sorry, Coach. Yeah, thank you. All right, so you got a four to two empty net goal. Very few things as exciting in sports, by the way, as the empty net goal. Uh, to wrap it up now, don't forget last year. You know, that's kind of like that's kind of like the victory formation kneel down, but a little yeah. bit more exciting, wouldn't you agree? Mm-hmm. Yep. Yeah, because you get the puck actually sliding into the net instead of watching a bunch of bodies kneel down. But it's the yeah. same basic effect. Now, you know, the four game comeback has only been done what three, four times in history. But one of those times, Big Dog, we forget was last year. Yes. Right? With Philadelphia. Yeah, Boston had a 3-0 lead. Philadelphia came back and won, and Philadelphia fought back at all the way to the finals and taken on the Blackhawks. So, uh, and in Game 7, the Flyers were down 4 nothing. Wow, I forgot that. Wait a minute. So Boston was up 3 th- three nothing or 4 wow. nothing. Boston was up. Big time in the last game. I and forgot about that. That even. You're talking about in the. Um, so Boston was leading three zero, and uh-huh. in, in game four the Bruins were up. Or you're talking game seven. Game seven. Okay. 
Game so, seven. So Philadelphia fought back. They won the next three games. And then, as my fear tonight, and I hope the Hawks take a lesson from that, Boston jumps on them and gets a 3-0 or 4-0 lead, and you think it's over, and Philadelphia finds a way to come back. Wow. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. Wow. And then Philly ends up playing Montreal, the seven and eight, you know, the seven and eight teams face off, mm-hmm. you know, last year. And that, that game went seven. And there was huge comebacks in that series, if you remember. Mm-hmm. Remember Halak? You know, Jaroslav Halak? <laughs> you know, he was playing awesome. But, you know, then he would all of a sudden be horrible for a period and give up a three goal lead. Mm-hmm. So. Wow. All right. Going to be fun viewing. Game seven tonight, folks. You want to talk about it? Dial it up with the coach of the Big Dog. We only got a one-hour show. We try to touch on a lot of different sports. Be careful what you touch, Big Dog. You might get burned. But uh, quickly, let's go over to the baseball world. Your Chicago Cubs lost a tough one yesterday because it's a game that they should have won. Had a nice 3 nothing lead. Miserable weather, by the way. Man, oh, man, just absolutely miserable. Matt Garza pitches a good game, but uh, they implode defensively. San Diego, not San Diego, Colorado beats him 5-3. to three, And uh, not a good day in the field for our 21-year-old superstar. Uh, quite simply, I don't. I, I do realize that the kid's going to make mistakes. I don't want him to have three errors in an inning ever again, you know, yep. obviously. But I would have to say the thing that bothered me the most was how he went after the baseball on all the uh, on all his boots. Come on, coach. Those two Wait. boots where he kind of like dropped his shoulders with people on base and like just walked to the baseball. I thought we had solved that. Okay, but it it, it, it isn't. The kid has to really. If you make an error, you hop and you explode and run and sprint to the baseball, mm-hmm. and, and you don't put okay. your head down and walk to the ball, well, even if it is. I was watching. I had a different take. I saw what you said, but what 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 I saw wasn't lack of aggressiveness. I think it was a very mature twenty one year old kid, very confident, actually cocky, is probably a better word. Hopefully, it's a good cocky. But he was uh, all right. I made an error. He was just trying to remain cool and calm and nonchalant in his own somewhat flairish way. So okay, yes, yeah. See, I, I don't I don't like that. You know what I'm saying though. He was trying so hard to prove that he wasn't flustered by his first error, that he went very coolly after the second ball and then made the second error. Okay. Yeah. Okay, well, I, I see that. Then if, if you're going to act that way, you better field the ball consistently because yeah. I, I don't want to have to question whether or not you're, mm-hmm. uh, uh, you you know, you have – because either if, – if it's what I'm saying, Coach, either he doesn't care or he's a defeatist. Do, do you know what I mean? Yep. It's either one of those – and I don't want either one of those guys on the baseball team. I agree. So I'm really hoping that's what you just said to me. I really do hope. Tough loss, though. Uh, for the first time, the Cubs had gone, what, 1 2-1, 2-2, 3-2, 3-3, 3-4, 4-4. They stayed at that 500 mark. They finally beat that particular system. Unfortunately, they didn't do it with wins. They did it with losses. Now they're two games under 500. Matt Garza pitched a nice ball game. To me, the most frustrating part of that game, Big Dog, was... Despite the errors by Starlin Castro, which killed our three-run lead, you score three in the first inning. And then you just shut down. You don't score any more the rest yeah. of the game. you got to keep hitting the ball. And how about, how about Coach Kefuka, don't they, Coach? Woo! Wow! Legitimately, on May 1st, can they trade him somewhere? He'll be, hit, he'll be hitting 400. Mr. April. They, they need to trade. They can get somebody good for him. And then all of a sudden, we can get Tyler Colvin some, a lot more at-bats. He needs as many as uh, this year to me. I, I'd be a hundred percent happy if this year for me was just figuring out which young players can play for the Chicago Cubs. Mm-hmm. 
because for the next uh, 10 years from now, I'm going to be a Cup fan, so it, it's going to make no difference who they play. So I, I, if they can get rid of Fukudome on May 1st, Coach, I would say, Kosuke, you, you tried really hard. You're a smart player, but you're not very good. Have a nice life. Five for five last night, batting over four. Hundred, he does not have enough official trips to the plate to put him at top of the National League. If he did, he'd be your leading batter, so he is hot. But as you alluded to, Big Dog, we've seen uh, Mr. Fukudume get hot in April before, and then, uh, to say the least, cool off. Uh, yes, cool off dramatically. Yep. Where, you know, you, you hit 400 in April, and then you end up at, at 255. is not a good season. Mm-hmm. All right, so Colorado knocks off the Cub 5-3. to three. The White Sox finally... Finally break out of their uh, malaise, and they do it with a two-run hitting outburst. And, and they needed all two of those runs because Phil Umber was uh, brilliant on the pitching mound, the number five pitcher for the White Sox, only starting because of the injury to Jake Peavy. Big dog, he no-hits the Yankees for six and a third innings. Uh, I think he finished, what, seven innings, but uh, Umber was outstanding, and the Sox got just enough hitting. Well, they're getting a nice little surprise from this kid, huh? Isn't it funny? If, even if you're a rookie, if you attack the bottom part of the strike zone, mm-hmm. you'll have success. And that's exactly how that kid has had success so far while watching the White Sox. And whether you, you love him or you hate him, or, or you don't think, if you think he's smart or a genius, Ozzie Gian seems to push the right buttons. When he, did you see how he reacted when they got the infield ground ball that drove in the first run and broke the, 20-hitting <laughs> scoreless streak. Did you see it? I did not. Hopefully with a little bit of humor. The coach, it was hilarious. He started jumping up and down, <laughs> and while he was doing it, he was, like, sliding across the rail with his hands. <laughs> and, like, he was moving, you know, so he was, like, laterally shuffing, uh-huh. pounding and laughing, and like, and, like, with both hands pounding on the rail and, like, looking at the teammates Looking like he was jumping for joy. Now that that can it go two good. ways with your uh, with your your teammates or your players. That can that can be so taken. Looked, and, uh, did you check the reaction of the players that it seemed so to be appreciated? So goofy. Uh, hopefully David saw because you know he's the, he's the White Sox fan. He looked so goofy, and he was trying to look so goofy, and he meant it just like, oh, it's finally off our back. That the the team had a laugh. They okay. played. They, they only scored one more run, but they played mm-hmm. good baseball yesterday. Mm-hmm. David, did you did you watch? Did you see what I'm talking about? I, I'm not sure. Okay. David did not watch the uh, game last night, even though he is a semi-avid White Sox fan. But that was a big win, two zero. And hopefully, they can uh, keep it going, get some more hits, stop putting the pressure on the pitchers. Speaking of pitchers, by the way, one good sign in the ball game is that we're still looking for a closer if we ever get a lead you know the last nine games we haven't really had a lead but uh, Sergio Santos looked pretty good big dog got the last out of the eighth inning uh induced a double play in the ninth inning struck out the final batter Sergio Santos maybe just maybe the answer to some of our ills late in the game you, you know what might as well go with him because uh he throws strikes and he has an explosive unhittable strikeout pitch in that slider. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, uh, to me, uh, there's uh, I like a guy that's not going to walk anybody as a, as a closer, uh, but is it hittable enough that they're a risk to throw, you know, give up a lot of home runs and, and stuff like that? I want some, like a power arm that's going to be consistent out of there. So the, Santos could be the closer. He's got closer stuff. Mm-hmm. And, you know, I guess the thing is, He's like Marmol. He's an ex-catcher. So people are like, how could he be so good so quick as a pitcher? That's what I think is holding them back right now, and they mm-hmm. just haven't yep. made him the closer already because it doesn't make sense that the kid is this good 
after only how long has he been a pitcher coach? Like two or three years. That's it's it. Only been. Which is yeah. amazing when you think about it. I mean, you know, some of these guys have been pitching since what age? Eleven years old. Uh-huh, exactly. This, this kid just picked it up, and he's pitching at the highest level in uh, in the sport. When you look at it that way, it's pretty amazing. Carlos Sombrano was uh, similar back in the day, wasn't he? he? When he was discovered, he was a soccer player, played a little bit of baseball. The baseball he played was like a catcher, and they basically signed him as a pitcher. I think I got that story right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, but you know what? He was – he did pitch, though. He, you know what I mean? It was like – he caught and pitched for the local team, but like they signed him as a catcher, and when they were just like, "Oh no, you're pitching." So, uh, now like Carlos Marmol was a catcher up until a couple years ago. Same with Randy Wells. Mm-hmm. There's been a lot of catchers who's got pretty good arms. You know that you love the game of baseball enough when they cut you because you can't hit. You can say, "Hey, you know, I can throw a 95 mile an hour fastball. Do you want to give me a shot at pitcher?" Oh, sure. Mm-hmm. We'll give, you know we'll give you a couple months. You know the. Okay. I would rather do that than quit baseball. They, they've found a lot of pitchers that way, Coach. And, and Sergio Santos is one of them, former right. catcher that couldn't hit. Lucky for him. Who knows? If he was a little bit better hitter, they might have kept him in the minor leagues the rest of his career. Mm-hmm. Um, real quick, other baseball scores, a little baseball. Round them up and wrap them up. Anaheim uh, comes back after their four-game debacle at Boston. They win yesterday. Five to nothing. The guy you've been touting all season long, Big Doug Gerard Weaver, again, Nine innings complete, ten strikeouts, one walk, his sixth consecutive win. He's hotter than Hades, my friend. Coach, six and oh, and it's April 25th. Woo! Wow. Close to 26 today, but. Could be a 20 game winner. We don't see many of those very often. Uh, no, we, we had, we had a couple last year. It's, they're making a little bit more of a resurgence the mm-hmm. last couple of years, but you're right. It's a, it's a one heck of a feat right now. And, uh, who knows? I mean, he's on pace right now, coach. He's on pace to win. 45. Well, yeah, okay. And Kosuke Fukudoma is on pace to set a major league record for most hits and percentage of at-bats. So, you know, give me a break with that particular statistic. Um, <laughs> all right, let, me, let, me, let me test your expertise 25. here. Huh? 25 wins. I'm saying Jared, Jared Weaver uh, has a legitimate shot at yeah. 25 wins. Not 45, but 25. Yeah, he does. Okay. He really does. I'm with you. I'm with you on that. <laughs> let me test your baseball expertise here. What starting pitcher? Maybe the only guy, well, Roy, Roy, Roy Halliday might be in the team picture too. But the only guy, and I don't think we've mentioned him on our baseball round ups and wrap ups, not very often, that's for sure. The only guy who maybe has been a little bit hotter than Gerard Weaver so far this season. Little test, sports reactionary, Joel Radwanski. Well, that's, it's, nobody really has because he's got, he's six and oh, but his teammate Dan Heron. Oh Close. my goodness. Coach, he's five and zero, and he yep. just shut everybody down. His ERA is like one point zero. His ERA is, is right there with Weaver's, and he's only got yep. one less win. So Dan Heron, very, very good. This guy's been even hotter. The guy I'm thinking of, National League, fairly uh, new to the uh, pitching stardom, maybe the last couple of years, but. I mean, he might might be right now the best pitcher in all of baseball. Are you talking about Clayton Kershaw? I am not. Okay, Clayton Kershaw has been phenomenal. I'm not uh, who, who you talking about. Right, Fourteen and seven, the Florida Marlins. Oh, Josh Johnson, Ooh. absolutely, Coach. I, I, I should I should have said Josh Johnson. I've got him. On, I've got six fantasy teams. He's on four of them <laughs> for me. I'm not what? kidding you. You got six fantasy teams? Yeah, I got six, dude. I'm six. This, this is a guy who complains because he works too much, and he's got six fantasy baseball teams. Look, I never complain that I work too much. Yeah, you do. I no, I don't. I go, uh, the people, anybody want to hire me out there for a job, 
You you always get you always hammer me. Why didn't you watch the game? Because I was at work. I mean, what am I supposed okay. to do? Well, the only I... time I complain about work is when you're ripping me for not watching sports. <laughs> well, what, what else do you think I would be doing okay. if I didn't watch it? What was I doing? I well, apologize. I was sitting or I was at work. I take the statement back. Get back to the beauty of Josh Johnson. Oh, he's six foot seven. By the way, in his last from a year to uh, to date to now, I just saw this thing on Josh Johnson. So a year from now to today. He's had 28 starts, okay, and his ERA is 1.91. Wow. And the kid's 23 years old? Yep. So, but I, I would have to say that the best young pitchers in the game, Coach, if you're talking, because Jared Weaver's about 25, 26. So mm-hmm. he, right now, if you, depending on how young you want to go, but Josh Johnson and Clayton Kershaw uh, are, are right there with, mm-hmm. uh, with Tim Lincecum. Unhittable right now. Absolutely yes. unhittable. And, and the key with that 1.91 ERA is not – Seven games, it's not 10 games, it's not 14 games, it's the last 28 games. That's a pretty accurate body of work. Yeah, yeah, it is, Coach. And it was, you know, he had a little shoulder trouble last year, so, mm-hmm. uh, you know, it was even pitching through a little bit of injury. Yep. You know, and then they eventually shut him down. That's why I didn't have, like, the, the like, he missed about five starts last year. Speaking of Florida, by the way, uh, quietly, very quietly, one of the surprise teams in baseball, football record for them, 14-7. and seven. They beat the Dodgers last night, 5-4. to four. Omar Infante getting a base hit in the bottom of the ninth. They scored two runs to come back. Uh, not a lot of notoriety, not a lot of talk about them, big dog, but the Florida Marlins right there for you at 14-7. to seven. Yeah, and the, the Marlins are 14-7, and seven, Coach, and they're doing it with their two best offensive players. Not having slow starts, having horrific starts. Mike Stanton has two homers and is hitting like a buck eighty. And Hanley Ramirez, I don't even know if he has a homer yet, and he might have one. And he's hitting a buck eighty. Those are guys that you, you expect, you really legitimately expect mm-hmm. Hanley Ramirez to contend for the National League batting title and go thirty thirty because he does so, it every year. So and you're winning with your two best players play uh, not yet broken out. That that's a good sign if you're a Florida Marlins fan and. I don't think there are many Florida Marlins fans, but if they are, they got to be happy. You know that, uh, Coach. There, there's that's the worst case scenario for <laughs> for a franchise down in Florida. Is that's a horrible park? It rains all the time. You want to go to a baseball game and sit through three or four rain delays? That's what happens in Miami. Mm-hmm. It rains every day. By the way, speaking of that, Pittsburgh yesterday they did win four to two. It was a makeup game, so not regularly sold tickets, a rainy day. I can never remember a major league game with less people than this. Paid was 12,000, but actual attendance, 2,600 people at PNC Park. You know, Coach, don't forget about the, the, the game in, uh, in Chicago in April. Way back, there was an issue like, uh, with it was like a remake game at the last second, and there was there was like six hundred people at at Comiskey Park. I don't remember that for a major league baseball game. Yeah, wow. it was it, it was like it was in the nineteen nineties, mm-hmm. and it was it was legitimately it was like the coldest day like uh, that's ever been played baseball in the city of Chicago. It was like in the twenties. There was like six hundred people that standing were standing room crowd of six hundred people. They were only standing just so they could keep warm and not freeze their butts to the chairs. If I do remember right, some guy got a couple foul balls. I would hope so. Yeah, I mean, like legitimately, you got to think there's yeah. going to be what thirty balls going to the yeah. stand. Foul balls for everybody. That's like you know one in a twenty chance of getting a foul ball. Mm-hmm. Maybe I don't know how many foul balls do you think there are that reach the stands mm-hmm. in the game. Well, that's Nine an in- interesting statistic. 
Not one that I'm particularly concerned about, but it is an interesting statistic. Hey, real quick, about a minute left. Uh, St. Paul, Minnesota, U.S. District's Judge Susan Richard Nelson has rescinded the uh, owner's seven-week-long lockout. Big Dog Football is back, if only for about 24 hours, your thought. And uh, I'm not sure if you're familiar with Dr. or I'm not Dr., yeah, but yeah. Judge Susan Richard Nelson. Yeah, I, I know about all that stuff. Remember what I said, because I wasn't worried that there was going to be a football season. Yeah. Yeah, okay, that's all this talk that's okay. driving me crazy. By the way, I, Judge I Judge Nelson also said uh, she's a Denver Bronco fan, and she hopes the Broncos pick a left guard. They need help up in the front lines. Well, they, they better pick, take that guard, like, in the fourth round, because they're taking Marcel Darius to Alabama with the second mm-hmm. overall pick in the draft, even though they should be taking Patrick Peterson. Moronic. They're... they're <laughs> Seriously, Coach, he should be the first player taken overall. Yeah. Is that is that you speaking, or is that Judge Susan Richard uh, Nelson speaking? I, I'm I'm not sure how familiar with uh, Patrick Peterson. Hopefully she's not the Rob Bukovic okay. of Minnesota judges. Okay. She did say if Tavares Jackson is back as the quarterback for the Minnesota Vikings, she said the lockout will uh, begin back immediately. <laughs> Very active judge. All right, Dole, we got to wrap it up. Game seven tonight, possibly at Tin Lizzie's, if any of the folks want to come out and uh, glad hand. Send a tweet out, will you, Joel, so people know where, where to find you. I will. I definitely will tweet. Uh, enjoy the game. Let's bring home a victory and uh, be safe today. We'll talk to you tomorrow analyzing uh, a game seven victory. You guys are the Later. Take those. David Olson, producer extraordinaire. Great job as always. TalkZone.com. Two guys and a mic. We're signing off. We'll see you at 10 o'clock tomorrow. Have a great day, everybody, and thank you so much for listening.